0: with AWB Contract Templates. Hello, hello. Thank you and welcome back to Pause on the Play. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it is amazing to see you here. Where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. So, for those of you that do follow me on Instagram, and if you don't, I would absolutely love if you would change that, um, at Erica Corday, um, back. I think it was July 3rd, the day before July, uh, 4th of July, uh, myself and India Jackson of India Jackson Artistry, who is very frequently my co-host and is back with me again today. Um, we actually decided to do a little bit of an outing and we had a couple other people with us as well. And we chose to go to the National Museum of African American History and Culture in uh, Washington, D.C. It's one of the Smithsonian museums. and We wanted to talk a little bit about what our experience was and kind of what that looked like and why doing these kinds of things can be so pivotal and so important. So thank you for being here again, India.
1: Thank you for having me, Erica.
0: So um, first of all, for those that don't know, we are actually good friends off the air. So. (laughs) So it's, it was one of those things that you know going together gave us a great place to really um, enjoy the outing, but we also got a chance to really have some great dialogue with it because that's one of the cornerstones of our friendship. We talk uh, about a lot of things and we definitely kind of go deeper than the surface and pull back layers on things. So for me, there was a lot there to see there were some things that I was kind of like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And then there were some things that I didn't know in the way that it kind of was presented. So I think that the experience gave quite a bit to really dig into and unpack and to really just kind of consider.
1: Yeah. So we're really just going to touch at the, like the tip of the iceberg on this one because there's so many layers. Um, Do you want to start with some of your bigger takeaways?
0: One of the biggest takeaways that I had is none of this stuff is new. And I don't think that it's anything that I wasn't already aware of, but it was very interesting to see all of the things that were there and the information that was given to you and to realize that it was so cyclical in how you kind of would go through this, you know, oppression. Oh, let's kind of stop the oppression. Oh, no, we're not going to actually stop it. All right, we can kind of stop. Oh, no, we were joking. We're not going to stop that. And realizing how many things have just kind of constantly been repeating. So, for example, um, over on EricaCorday.com, there is a vote with your dollars registry. And what that is, is it's a list of businesses and or service providers that operate through a lens of DEI in that um, it may be a company that's owned by someone that's more diverse or their charitable actions really um, hold to DEI standards. So there's these different reasons why they're there, but there were different things that we saw at the museum that talked about not spending your money where you couldn't live or work as a person of color. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but it basically was like, don't go spend your money somewhere that you're not welcome. And it's just the same concept again. So I think that it's a very, um, grounding experience to see like, you know, this stuff is not, none of it is new. Not that I thought it was new, but to see it is a different thing.
1: Yeah, I think um, seeing that voting with your dollars has been around for a very long time and just somehow it got lost, I think. We're having to bring it back.
0: I I think when you have a plethora of things to acknowledge, you have to pick and choose what your soapbox stance is at that moment. And if you look at it from the lens of the civil rights movement, yes, voting with your dollars was absolutely important, but that was a point to where you didn't have access to certain things no matter what. And there were a lot of aspects of that where it was, I mean, it, it, it could cost you your life. So it's very different.
1: Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that really like was challenging for me to look at, and it had such a very small section in the museum. Um, it may have actually only been like one piece in the museum about it, but it was on convict leasing. And so we know that the prison system and how the legal system has been set up to, to really not be on the side of people of color, and that's the best way I can put that, but um, to had went from watching When They See Us and then into the museum, like almost immediately after, I was like, whoa, Uh, it was a lot. And to see that one little section that they had and it says, to solve labor shortages, southern states adopted laws that allowed them to imprison people for minor crimes and then lease their labor to local businessmen. So it's like even when we were no longer allowed to be enslaved, we're still being enslaved. So many of these prisoners who were most often African-Americans worked in difficult conditions for years. They provided the manpower for constructing roads, growing cotton, building railroads, and making turpentine amongst other tasks. It was really hard to see like the conditions they were in and to really just realize how much we found a way to enslave people after they were no longer technically enslaved.
0: Because when slaves went away, the workers went away. And so they needed a new way to make it happen. And that was just, that was the way that it was done at that point. But then I feel like there's, there's ways of doing it that are overt and there's some that are less overt. So for example, we went into the one area that um, talked about like style and image and identity. And it talked about the fact that, and I'll I'll actually read it, for over two centuries, Black Americans lived in a world that saw their skin, hair, and other physical features as ugly. African-American styles have imitated white beauty standards, woven in Black cultural values, rejected white standards entirely, and celebrated diverse African-American images. African-Americans helped redefine American beauty. They are style makers in their own right. Yes, we are. Because... There's a lot of things that someone that isn't uh, black can do. And it's like, oh, this is great. But then a black person does it. Oh, that's unprofessional. Back in, I think it was the late 70s, somewhere in the late 70s, the movie Ten that had Bo Derrick in it. She was running on the beach with cornrows with, I think she had beads on the ends of them. That was great. I can't tell you how many women that I've had sit in my salon chair over the years that had to worry about whether or not their hair looked professional or not when they worked in a corporate or government setting or as a teacher, any type of organization. So putting in braids, oh, you can't do that because that's automatically a dress code violation. You can't do that. But it was great when she did it. Kim Kardashian had boxer braids. Awesome. No, it's just another form of control.
1: Yes, I can agree with that. Um, It makes me think of the less heavy floors that went into the music industry and entertainment and sports. And you see Jimi Hendrix, you know, and to some, he is the father of rock and roll. But when we think rock and roll, most people associate that with not being a black man. And it's like, how many other things... Did we have that we were chastised for creating or doing culturally that then we got stripped of and made to feel like it's unprofessional or lesser than, and then got bought back under a new skin color or under a new language or under a new type of face?
0: Given a new lens and all of a sudden now, oh, it's new, it's fresh, it's, it's awesome. No, no. It's called appropriation. Look that word up, folks. Hmm.
1: There's so many different other places I could go into from just how slavery was explained. I definitely think we need to do another podcast on this one.
0: I think it would have to be because I think at some point there's too many things to just dilute it down to one. But I think the one consideration that I would want everyone listening to take away Um, and this is definitely a shorter one when it's both of us which is good because this is one that I really do want you to consider Um, one where can you take in information about people that don't look like you I do want you to have a wider breadth of knowledge and to be able to consider some things outside of that but on the other side um, I want you to maybe consider what What? Hmm. I feel like I have two questions and I don't really want to do that. I'm going to go with just the fact that honestly, it's a big thing for me when I see things that are appropriated and taken away and I see it happen in a lot of different ways. I want you to maybe consider where some things came from. If you like country music, I want you to see where some of the roots came from. If you like rock and roll, I want you to see where some of the roots come from. Spoiler alert, it ain't got nothing to do with Elvis. I want you, yeah. <laughs> I want you to look at some of the things that maybe you take for granted within your regular everyday life and culture. Check in checking on some of the roots. And I think it's important because very often we take things for granted as they are, and that surface might not really be the truth of where it came from or what it is. And as you begin to poke holes in those things, then I think that it is easier to begin to um, continue within the world of DEI and really seeing what are the things that need to be dismantled.
1: I think that's a really great action item because I firsthand see so many areas of life from music to movies to hairstyles to fashion that we think this person is the inventor of it when really they had a team behind them. Or even if there is a team, sometimes it's reinvented from something that happened 100 years ago in a different culture.
0: Or I'm going to say it, it was stolen from somebody else and then repackage to be more acceptable. That too. <laughs> not okay, folks, not okay. And it happens. And it, unfortunately it happens way more often than what I think anyone realizes. Agreed. So, that being said, I think that this is definitely something to consider about widening your breadth of knowledge when it comes to DEI, Going to a museum is just one way. One of the other things that we can do is going into workshops. And I am actually going to thank my co-host, India Jackson of India Jackson Artistry. And then I want to tell you a little bit about our upcoming workshops. Thanks, India. You're welcome. So if you love pause on the play, it's just one iteration of how I use conversation for connection and as a catalyst for change. Our DEI in business workshop series is another. These are virtual workshops. We hold them in Zoom featuring audience-driven conversation about how you can bring DEI into your business and make some real impact. This is not about perfection. This is about being in action now imperfectly to begin to become the change you want to see. Each workshop is 60 minutes and allows you to ask questions and receive actionable steps on topics like changing your mission statement in your company to reflect your DEI values, creating a schedule for internal DEI audits and reviews, and removing misaligned businesses from your vendor list, as well as whatever it is that you bring to the conversation where you need support. These virtual workshops are here for you to use your impact and your platform to be a catalyst for change. Visit ericacorday.com today and click courses in the menu to learn more and reserve your seat. These workshops aren't complete without you, so come join us in the room. The conversations we have here are to normalize the challenging things and make them a part of your normal exchanges. This is how we remove stigma and create real change in connection, cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. If you enjoyed this podcast, show me some love by subscribing, sharing it with a friend, or leaving us a review. Reviews are the fuel to keep the podcast engine going. Let's get more people dropping the veil and challenging their thoughts, feelings, and actions. Speaking of keeping it going, if you don't already follow and engage with us over on Instagram at Erica Corday, come on over there and do that. I really want to talk with you, so DM me and let's do this. I love being here and creating the bridge for you to walk over to become the change that you want to see. So join us next time. And until then, keep the dialogue going. Bye. I'm ready to get clear on what matters. Let's do this. And then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?